Hey y'all, welcome to the Sweet Tea and Jesus podcast hosted by Kelsey Hamrick and Tara McAdam. We are two sisters who desire to grow in love for Jesus. You are not alone and we want to come alongside you with challenges, laughter, questions, prayers, and the eternal hope of the gospel. Whether you're on your way to work, changing your 10th dirty diaper today, or drinking a glass of sweet tea, we pray you are strengthened and filled with joy from these biblical truths today. Hey guys, I know today's topic has been one heavy on my heart truly over the last year. Today's episode is, am I broken over my sin? I can honestly say that there have been times in my life where I have not been broken over my sin. Why? Why is that? As a believer, I mean, my sin is the one thing that separates me from God. It is because of sin that we were kicked out of the Garden of Eden. It is because of sin that Jesus had to come. It's because of sin that I still struggle today in various areas. It's because of sin that I deserve to forever be separated from God. And it is my sin that put Jesus on the cross. So yeah, why really. why am I not broken over it? Yeah, I love, I love this topic. I feel like it's good because I remember when I was discipling two of my best friends, Jenna and Holly, and we read through the crucifixion of Christ. And this wasn't the first time I had read it, but I looked up a Roman crucifixion. And as I read through the description, of what that was, I cried and cried knowing what he went through and knowing that he was an innocent man tortured. And, you know, I've seen the movie and I remember crying when I watched it. Um, But when I lost my temper at the driver who cut me off or I stretched the truth just to make myself look better or I told somebody else's business to someone who didn't need to know, I didn't shed a single tear. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we, we commit sins every day that have half the time we think aren't bad enough to repent over. We don't think about the cost of those little sins that we commit every single day, multiple times a day. And if we did, we would probably sin a lot less. Mm, mm, Or we'd be aware of it, you know, a Mm -hmm. little bit more or sensitive to it. That's a good word. mm -hmm, Yeah. My, My sin should bring me to my knees. My sin should paralyze me until I repent. My sin should forever give me an attitude of gratefulness, and humility, but it doesn't. Why do we brush off our sin like it's not a big deal or God didn't notice or we think, oh, it could have been worse. At least I didn't do blah, 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 blah. Oh, yes. That statement right there. At least mm-hmm. I didn't do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and our, our a, a good Bible passage for today's topic is in 2 Corinthians 7.10 and it states, for godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation with out regret, whereas worldly grief produces death. So this just got me thinking, and it leads me to the question, what does godly grief look like? And do I have it over my sin? How can I get this godly grief in my life? Mm -hmm. Guess who I'm going to (laughs) quote? Old Miriam again. Miriam Webster's dictionary. (laughs) He's an old Miriam. (laughs) Old Miriam Webster uh, dictionary, and it defines grief. Here's grief. It said, A, deep and poignant stress, distress, sorry, deep and poignant distress caused by or as if by bereavement. Mm. 
be said, a cause of such suffering. Let me remind you, bereavement is when you lose the death of a loved one. Yeah, wow. My mind and my heart were blown away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Even now, as I'm reading these definitions, uh, because sin in my heart should produce godly grief in my life that leads to repentance, repentance and grief to the point that I would be grieving like I've lost a loved one. Mm. Oh, you know, like doesn't that just spiritual spanking? Okay. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, you know, we all have probably experienced grief like this in some way. And once you have, you never forget it. The fact that the same grief that we experience over a loved one should be similar or even deeper grief to how we Mm -hmm. feel over our own sin. This concept to me is so convicting and such a challenge to me personally in my walk with the Lord. Absolutely. And gosh, like what a good example when you said, at least I didn't do that because we think because our sin isn't as bad as someone else's that God must hold us to like a higher standard or something. We think, well, I didn't murder anyone. I just grumbled and complained about all the dishes and laundry I have to do today. (laughs) So I mean, I'm (laughs) right. right? Uh, But reality is Jesus died for all of our sins. I kind of look at it like every nail, every lashing, every second of his torture is because of my inability to stop sinning. And that should break my heart each and every time. Oh, yes. Like exactly. Like I feel like we all have a tendency to compare ourselves to other believers. You want to go deeper into comparison, go back and listen to the episode, Why Does My Life Not Look Like Hers? But we, Mm -hmm. as people, as humans, compare all the time. And we also forget. Yep. You know, we forget we are all sinners. We tend to think that those little sins we commit are not a big deal or nothing in the comparison to others' sins. We see the people who steal, or like you just said, murder, commit murder, cheat on their spouses, etc. You name it. And then we think to ourselves, well, at least I'm not doing those sins, Mm -hmm. you know? And just like you said, we just, we tend to look at our own sin like God gossiping about a friend and her struggles, coveting something that someone Mm -hmm. else has, selfishness, you know, wanting what we want on our timeline and not waiting on God's timeline, you know, even anxiousness over the future and lack of trusting in God's word and his promises. It could be lusting over a hot guy on the TV show or movie. Mm -hmm. It could be pridefulness when we're bragging about our latest accomplishment at work Mm -hmm. or whatever, what your kid did. You know, the list seriously could go on and on and on. Yeah, it definitely could. I know we're focusing on how our hearts have become almost immune to the yeah, sin or, that we like have. We said desensitized. We're desensitized yeah. to the sin. Yes. Yeah. And I do I do also want to say that doesn't mean that we should be miserable people every day, but grieving the fact that we are desiring and choosing things and believing the promises of the world over the true promises of God is a way for us to remember our Savior and the hope that we have in Him. That's right. And and that hope helps our hearts transform. And I'm betting we are not the only ones who have struggled with this. So why do you think we don't often grieve over our sins? And what does scripture tell us about it? I mean, I may be the only one who has had seasons where my sin was not on the forefront of my mind and definitely not on the forefront of my heart. But I don't think I'm the only one. (laughs) And I think that there have been seasons where we are not producing godly grief over our sin. And those are seasons where we are not walking in step with the Holy Spirit. Paul clearly talks about this concept in Galatians chapter five. He says, but I say, walk by 
the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh for they are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. Mm, But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. And that's verses 16 through 26. And y'all, do you just need to print that out, stick that on your mirror? That's a good one right there. Mm -hmm. I like that. I'm really glad you brought this up because I I think we forget that the Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity of God. Y'all remember the song, God in Three Persons, Blessed Trinity? Remember that song? God in three persons, blessed Trinity. The Spirit is a person and He loves us and we have Him until Jesus returns. I know I didn't always view the Holy Spirit this way. I knew I felt conviction and prompts by the Holy Spirit, but I ignored it more times than I care to admit. Mm, that's but good. We do. We totally we do. do. And it, it's, it's definitely amazing to see how our obedience opens up a way for Him to work through us. Um, But for what we're talking about today, when we sin, the Holy Spirit is grieved by it. And I will also say, I think we should remember he is grieved by the offense and not the offender, by the sin, not the sinner. The Holy Spirit is also God. So even though he disapproves of sin, he still loves us is what I'm trying to say. (laughs) That's right. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Mm -hmm. He knew every single sin you and I would ever commit. And he still willingly went to the cross on our behalf Mm -hmm. and in our place. And mm-hmm. I think that blows my mind. You know, I, I remember I was the other day I was driving and I was listening to the Christian radio station and um, it had Tony Evans come on there and it was like two minutes with Tony. So for, for all of y'all who don't know who Tony Evans is, that's Priscilla Shire's dad. Um, he is no longer with us. He has passed. But his two minutes were, why does God put you in the wilderness? And I was like, oh, this mm-hmm. could be good. And he mm-hmm. gets fired up and he said, God puts you in the wilderness so that you remember. We yeah. forget so easily who provides provides for us, who shows us the way, Mm -hmm. who rescues us when we are in desperation. He puts us in the wilderness to remind us to depend on him, to follow his lead, to seek him for provision, and to remember all the things he brought us from. And I just thought it was so good because a lot of times we despise the wilderness. Mm -hmm. We don't remember what God has done for us. We don't remember the sins that we have been forgiven for. And Paul David Tripp, he's another one. He is so 
so good in his new morning mercies daily devotional to remind you that when you are acting in your own righteousness and acting, you know, like you're better than others, then you have quickly forgotten the sins that you've been forgiven for when you're quick to look for others sins. And, and it's just like Jesus said, you know, it's so easy to point out the log in your brother's eye, but ignore or wait, no, the needle in your brother's eye, (laughs) the speck in your brother's eye and ignore the log in your own eye. Y'all. Okay. That's right. We'll get it. Y'all know what I'm saying. Yes. Yes. But going back to what Paul wrote to the Galatians, you know, when we keep in step with the spirit, we are more sensitive to knowing what our passions of the flesh are. And I think those change as your hormones change, as your situations change, your flesh is going to have different passions and temptations and lusts that are tempting. And but when we are also in a place to hear what the Holy Spirit is whispering to us and nudging us and not ignoring it, like Kelsey was saying that we do, we remember God's word and he is able to change our trajectory. Mm -hmm. But when we ignore the Holy Spirit and we give in to those temptations that we face and we do commit a sin, we won't have godly grief that we've been discussing about because we are living according to our flesh instead of being in step with the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then I myself and mine am a slave to God's law, but in my sinful nature, a slave to the law of sin. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And that's Romans 7, 24 through 8, 1. Here, Paul is mourning his sin, rejoicing in Jesus and thanking him. And that's exactly what we should model when we sin too. That's right. I was talking to Jeremy the other day because me personally, I've just been struggling in motherhood, specifically with my daughter, who is um, she has a disability and she's just we we she has challenged us as as parents. And um, I was just telling him that a lot of times I'm very quick to get angry with her and very quick to get frustrated and how I just feel like I keep like feeling convicted, repenting, depending on the Holy Spirit. And it's like the sin cycle of the Old Testament and even Mm -hmm. in our lives. And I just I I get I, I have been broken over this. And he, you know, and I just said, it's led me to question like, why can't, why can't, you know, this part of me change or why am I back in this boat constantly? And he, Jeremy just said something really encouraging. He said, just like Paul said, I do the things that I don't want to do, you know, and the things I want to do, I don't do. And, Mm. um, and Mm. he just said that the fact that I'm recognizing and I'm listening to the Holy Spirit and I am convicted, I am repenting and I'm desiring, I'm desiring to be different and to turn and to change, you know, is proof that God is working, even though it may not be on the timeline that I want. Oh, yeah. And that. That, it was really encouraging because, you know, I just you just get stuck in this sometimes in these sin cycles and you're like, there's no hope because I'm always here. I'm always back here. But the fact that you, again, am, are being sensitive when you walk in step with the spirit, you know, it makes a difference when you notice um, and have that conviction. Second Corinthians 7, 9 says, as it is, I rejoice not because you were grieved, but because you were grieved into repenting for you felt a godly grief so that you suffered no loss through.
through us. I love that. Mm -hmm. Grieving into repentance is the hope and the desire of the Holy Spirit for us. Remember the, the, the Bible passage I talked about at the beginning. Godly grief produces repentance that leads to salvation without regret. Salvation is the hope of the conviction we feel that causes grief, that pushes us to repentance as our only hope of salvation and right standing with God. Salvation is the deliverance from the power and its effects from sin. For the Lord your God is gracious and merciful and will not turn away his face from you if you return to him. Second Chronicles 39. God does not turn his face from you if you repent and turn to him. I just thought, man, what a refreshing, hope-filled, yeah. merciful verse in the Bible about mm-hmm. God's character. He is so gracious and so merciful. And I am thankful to serve the one true God who will never turn from me every single time I turn to him. Absolutely. Because I'm human, I can't help but look at things from my human perspective. And I just think, you know, <laughs> you're if, human. Wait, right, what? right, right. I know. But if I provoked me as many times as I have provoked God, I would totally leave me. Mm. But how amazing that we serve a God who will not. Thank you, Lord, because I know I would give myself a headache with all the mistakes that I make. That's right. I'm, I think all the time. Good thing I'm not God because oh I don't have gosh. his patience. For sure. Both right. show. That's right. Um, I do want to look at a famous example in the Bible, though, of what we're talking about. And I think King David is is just an excellent example. And I'm talking specifically about when he committed adultery, which led him to then commit murder. Remember, this is the man that the Bible calls a man after God's own heart in 1 Samuel 13, 14 and in Acts 13, 22. Give you a rundown of what happens really quickly. David sees Bathsheba bathing and wants her. He sends for her. He takes her. He lays with her. She becomes pregnant after multiple failed attempts to try to get her husband Uriah, who has been away at battle, to lay with his wife so that he can think he's the father. Uriah doesn't want to. He feels guilty. He's not fighting for his king and fighting for his country. So then David gets a bright idea, sends Uriah to the front lines and commands all the other soldiers to pull back. Uriah is therefore killed on the front lines because ultimately that's what David wanted. One temptation that he saw with his eyes Mm -hmm. led to sin, which then led to another sin. And then so sad, the baby that Bathsheba got pregnant with ended up dying. Mm -hmm. And truly the whole story is just such a tragedy. I mean, there's no other way to put it. And I think, you know, Psalm 51 is after these sins were committed, David is completely broken over his sin. He has godly grief and it's a, it's a, it truly is a beautiful picture and a beautiful example of what godly grief looks like. And he is seeking repentance from God. Here's just a snippet of what David is saying. And here's his godly grief over his sins um, from Psalm 51. He said, have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight so that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. Behold, I was brought forth in inequity and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, you delight in truth in the inward being and you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. So that's mm-hmm. the first six verses of Psalm 51. So we can just see easily through David's godly grief, he never questioned God's goodness. He never forgot about God's love. He never took advantage of God's mercy. He was broken and ultimately repentant over his sin and desired 
desired forgiveness and salvation that can only come from the Lord. That is so good. David is such a good example. Even when we feel broken over our sins and bring them to God, we should walk away feeling free because of our gift of salvation. I saw a sweet friend who loves Jesus share a post on Instagram that talks about how we are not identified by our failures or by the best or the worst things that we've done because in Jesus, our identity is received, not achieved. Ooh, that's good. Isn't that good? That's so good. Yeah, I think that's such a good truth to hold on to. And just like Tara said, just like David and Paul and others gave us the example, we should let our grief lead us to repentance and let that lead us to thankfulness for the great God that we serve. Mm. And I, you know, a good challenge question that I will say to myself is, you know, all the time, like how thankful am I for the forgiveness of sins that God has shown me Mm -hmm. and how easily am I showing that forgiveness to others in my life? Mm -hmm. And that's a, that's a convicting, challenging question for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, One of the most fundamental marks of true repentance is a disposition to see our sins as God sees them. Mm -hmm. And that's a quote from Charles Simeon. He was a British teacher and promoter of missionary work. I'm going to read that one more time because I think it was so good. One of the most fundamental marks of true repentance is a disposition to see our sins as God sees them. Let that be our prayer. Lord, reveal to me the sin that I have in my life and and be broken over it the same way that you are broken over it to the point where you had to die on a cross for them, for me. Mm -hmm. The word broken is defined as violently broken into parts or shattered. Mm -hmm. So my question is, are you shattered over your sin? Do you experience godly grief over the sins in your heart? Only you know the answers to these questions. Well, you and God. I mean, (laughs) hello, God does all, but only you and God know the answers to those questions. So are you willing to be honest with him? You know, and I pray that today's episode has caused you to think and reflect and even just challenge you to draw close to the Lord and remain in step with the spirit. I pray today that you ask the Lord to give you a sensitivity to the temptations and the passions in the flesh and the lust and anything in your life that appears to be better than him and better than Mm. walking with him. Um, And that he also gives you a godly grief over the sin in your life. I pray that when we do sin, our godly grief produces repentance in our hearts that we then will experience salvation without regret. That's right. And I, I, again, that last sentence that our godly grief produces repentance in our hearts and that we experience salvation without regret. I love that. That's right. Because when we do repent, it, it talks about this in First John. When we do repent, I think it's chapter three, um, that we can stand in confidence. Yep. It says we can stand in confidence with no shame because of what Jesus did for us. Yep. And, and you know, again, I think that, that we should take comfort in that. Like you said, we're not walking around miserable over our sin, but in the moment, in, in the in-between, between conviction, repentance, and restoration, it's a process of mourning over our sin and being and rejoicing over the fact that we serve a God who loves us enough to have died for our sins so that we don't have to and that we can be with Him forever. Yep. 
I love it. I love it. I hope you guys were encouraged today as always. Yes. Okay. At the end of our episodes recently, we've been doing a little get to know Kelsey and I um, question. And so um, we just want our listeners to better feel like they know us and our walks with the Lord and our thoughts and positions on whatever topic we're discussing. But we also want you guys to get to know us a little bit better as humans. So Kelsey, my question for you is, let me think. Oh, if you could have any career in the world. Yes. Money wasn't a thing. Like it didn't matter how much you'd make. You could just do it. Um, And you think you would love waking up and doing it every day. I'm going to say not, don't say mom. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) that's a given, but like doing a job or a career, what would it be and why? Um, I feel like that's easy for me because I would definitely want to be a singer because I just love to sing. I enjoy it so much. So that would be A singer for like on stage or like a singer like Adina Menzel with Frozen, like a car cartoon singer. Honestly, you know either. Like any, <laughs> any and all of the above. Okay. So Adele or Elsa, either one, you know, like. Either one. That sounds somebody, Celine Dion or, yeah, you know. Yeah. I love it Ariel, all. you know. Yeah, okay. I love it all. Okay. What about you? Mine's going to be, I don't know. I think, I definitely think it would be super cool to be a flight attendant, mm. to be a stewardess. Um, I love to travel. I love to serve people. Like I get joy out of like serving people and like tangible. And so I think that it would be so cool if I could like hop on a plane, take care of some people, land in a city I've never been in or a country I've never been in, or maybe I've been there, but like explore for a little while. And then a couple hours later or the next day, hop on a plane again, take care of some beautiful people, get off the plate, you know? So I love flying. I love traveling. I love serving. So I think that would be a super cool job, but yeah, d- definitely. I will say I have uh, several friends who are flight attendants, but a lot of times they don't have a lot of time at their stop. So just yeah, on I how know. much time you got. Yeah, I would I would have to make it where, you know, I could explore where I landed for a little bit before I took the next flight. But that's right. That's what I would say. So, okay, that's it. It's all about us today. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Hey, y'all. Thanks for joining us today on the Sweet Tea and Jesus podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to our podcast so you can continue along on this journey with us. Please leave us a five-star review on Apple so that others can find our podcast and be encouraged by these gospel conversations too. Also, follow us on Instagram for upcoming content, news about our podcast, and more. Thank you so much for listening, and we're looking forward to you joining us on our next episode. See y'all next time.